but its very emptiness offers a poetic soliloquy of sorts if one listens hard enough. It is as if the old lighthouse keeper is haunting the halls, striking a match to the 1,500-watt candle-power oil lantern that used to cast a beam across the bay to guide so many seafarers safely to shore. None of the mariners from the past would have ever seen the lightkeeper, but I grew up knowing they saw his flame. One hundred times one thousand must have been grateful to see it there burning brightly during the gales and storms that lashed the New England coast from the 1920s to 1943, when he faithfully manned his watch. The lighthouse stood silently majestic then, as it does now, a pinprick of illumination in the deep blue darkness. But its message was loud enough then. "'Aye, laddie,' he would say to me, "'a lightkeeper never knows who he touches with the toil of his hands while keeping the flame alive.' The old light went out with him some fifty-five years ago. A newer, more powerful beacon has been built inland with radar navigation, making the old Port Hope lighthouse obsolete. I often wondered if my uncle, the seasoned seafarer, had ever felt like he too was becoming obsolete, a relic of bygone times, when individual men made such a difference, when machines were no match for their brains or brawn. William Robert O'Banion, Uncle Billy to me, made me what I was, or what I became. From a small boy of ten I grew up with him on the tiny outer island off Massachusetts' larger, more famous Nantucket. He was my schoolmaster of life, as he often reminded me. All I know now, as I look back, is if Uncle Billy was my original schoolmaster, then Anna was the one who brought to me the gentleness and love for life I have known. I never knew, nor ever wanted to know, another like her. I realize now, as I gaze down to the bay, jotting these notes in the lighthouse log, that perhaps it is my final farewell to this place that I have loved so well. Peter O'Banion set the habitually handled black leather-bound logbook on his lap. His daughter had made sure he was comfortable, a blanket covering his shoulders as he sat in the wheelchair, eyeing the splendor of twilight. This was his favorite time of day, though at times it seemed a melancholy hour, watching the fading sun turn a luminescent blue sea into a shimmering yellow, then back to deep blueness. From the southern point of the island where the lighthouse sat, he had a perfect advantage to enjoy sunrise or sunset. Now sunset accented the deep blueness that also seemed to fill his soul. He looked up into the sky and watched the progeny from seagulls which had flown overhead five decades before, and was soothed by the noisy cacophony as they were carried on their wings by a light offshore breeze. Some things never change, he thought. It amused him now to watch the seabirds swoop down from the cliffside heights to the beach and pier below, squawking and grousing over bits and pieces of churned-up sea life that washed ashore. "'I knew your great-great-grandparents,' he said aloud, as if they could understand that his knowing their past could make the present all the more interesting to them. "'People are like seagulls,' he thought. Memory was to Peter as a resuscitating breath was to the dying. He relied heavily upon it. It awakened all that was good, the golden strands of life, all that had been right in living fully without regret. 
and oh, how good but brief it had been with Anna. He focused intently on the pier now, as he had for fifty-seven full years of Saturdays at sunset. He never missed his rendezvous, even though the last few years of sickness from cancer had him confined to bed rest at his daughter Kathleen's home on Nantucket Island. Now the doctors had given him weeks at best, but with their permission and Kathleen's loving understanding, she had brought him here once more. Peter pulled the withered letter from the logbook pages marking his final entry. He looked down at it. His watering eyes couldn't read the words, but he had them memorized now, and he clutched the yellowed paper as if it were holy script. It had indeed seemed so to him. "'What happened?' he whispered to himself, as he held his hands out and witnessed the wear of time. "'I was nineteen just yesterday.' It seemed like yesterday, anyway. No matter. Inside.